Hi, I'm Sharia, and you're listening to a brand new episode of the Aviation Files, a podcast for all aviation enthusiasts. Today's episode will cover the recent events of Oshkosh 2023, Jet Airways' next step towards revival, a bird strike in Amsterdam, some tension between IATA and the Belgian government, and finally, North Korea's anticipated re-entry into the international aviation scene. So without further ado, let's begin. Every year on the last week of July, hundreds of thousands of people gather at a small regional airport in Oshkosh, Wisconsin. The Experimental Aircraft Association, EAA, holds its Flying and Air Venture Convention at Whitman Regional Airport. This event displays over 3,000 aircraft spanning civil, commercial, military, and experimental categories. During this one-week event, Whitman Airport becomes the world's busiest airport, handling over 3,300 daily operations, with an average approximately 121 takeoffs and landings per hour while open. This year at Oshkosh was a special one since three major anniversaries were being celebrated. The 70th anniversary of EAA, the 70th anniversary of the Flying and Air Venture Convention, and the 50th anniversary of the end of combat in the Vietnam War. Every year, Air Venture holds an honor flight for the war veterans. This year, American Airlines sponsored the flight and flew several war veterans to Washington, D.C. to visit memorials. Then flew them to Oshkosh, where upon arrival, they were welcomed by 30,000 people. This year, Oshkosh presented an A-4 Skyhawk, a C-123 named Thunderpig, and about a dozen F-4U Corsairs, not to mention many more military aircraft. Moving on to NASA's involvement in Oshkosh 2023, we see many exciting air and spacecraft. NASA's has renowned Super Guppy, an oversized cargo aircraft built on a KC-97 airframe, was on display this year. It has been a vital asset for the agency since 1997. This aircraft carried a full-size Artemis test cap to the flying event this year. The NASA tent included experimental hypersonic aircraft, exhibits from moon missions, and much, much more. This year, two airlines agreed to fly into Oshkosh, Southwest Airlines and the previously mentioned American Airlines. Regional carriers like Air Wisconsin and Republic Airways also had aircraft at the show. This year, Boeing paid played a significant role at Oshkosh, bringing their modified 747, dubbed the Dreamlifter, to the show. This special 747 was built to transport 787 fuselage parts across the country and occasionally across the globe. The Lockheed Constellation, renowned for its groundbreaking contributions to aviation, paid a visit to Oshkosh this year. After playing an important role in World War II and revolutionizing long-haul flying with its pressurized cabin, this aircraft was stored and displayed in museums across the world. Eventually, this specific model, under the care of Lewis Air Legends, continued to inspire and pay tribute to military aviation enthusiasts. Finally, Oshkosh witnessed two fatal accidents, claiming four lives and leaving two injured. Two incidents about three and a half hours apart occurred on July 30th. A rotorway exec 162F helicopter collided midair with an ELA Eclipse gyrocopter, as reported by ABC News. The collision cost the ELA Eclipse 10 to crash on top of a parked Mooney M20F plane, registered November 9391 Mike, resulting in both aircraft being written off. The rotorway exec also crashed on the airport terrain, causing major injuries to the two people on board, who are now in stable condition. Aviation24.be reported an additional accident in which a small two-seater North American AT-6D plane, registered November 49961, crashed into Lake Winnebago. ABC News stated that the incident occurred around 9 o'clock, shortly after takeoff from 
Oshkosh. Authorities observed the plane maneuvering before experiencing a rapid descent from 3,000 feet. The aircraft had two people on board. There's an investigation underway to find the cause of the accidents and how to prevent events like this in the future. Next, we fly to the other side of the world to India. The defunct carrier Jet Airways, which went bankrupt in 2019 and was loved by money, has long been trying to revive and come back. While there certainly have been challenges for the airline and its revival plan, it recently was able to renew its air operating certificate with the help of its winning bidder, the Jalan Karlock Consortium, otherwise known as JKC. Surprisingly, this is not the first time Jet Airways managed to get their AOC after bankruptcy. A year ago, the airline obtained it, however, it expired in May 2023 due to a failure to resume flight operations. Jet Airways has made substantial progress like this multiple times, however, it has always been stopped by one obstacle or another. Because creditors are a crucial aspect of the airline's recovery, the Jet Airways management team needs to get creditors on board. However, it is yet to be seen how JKC manages to get creditors on board. Jet Airways was an Indian international airline that played a significant role in shaping the country's aviation industry. Founded on April 1, 1992 by Naresh Goyal, Jet Airways quickly became one of India's premier airlines, known for its high-quality service and expansive route network. In its early years, Jet Airways focused on domestic flights, providing a more luxurious and efficient travel experience compared to the state-owned carrier at the time. The airline introduced several innovations to the Indian aviation scene, including personalized in-flight entertainment systems and the concept of premium classes. This helped Jet Airways gain a reputation for reliability and customer satisfaction. However, it was in the early 2000s that Jet Airways truly made its mark on the global stage. In 2004, the airline became the first Indian private carrier to fly internationally, connecting major cities around the world. It expanded rapidly rapidly acquiring modern aircraft and introducing new routes to key international destinations. This expansion was fueled by a growing Indian middle class and increased demand for air travel. Jet Airways faced challenges as well. It grappled with financial difficulties, rising fuel costs, and intense competition. Despite these challenges, the airline managed to maintain a significant presence in the Indian aviation market. In 2013, it faced a major setback as it suspended operations temporarily due to financial issues, but managed to resume flights after restructuring. Unfortunately, by 2019, Jet Airways was facing severe financial strain again, leading to a suspension of operations in April of that year. Efforts to secure a rescue deal or find investors were unsuccessful, and in June 2019, Jet Airways was declared bankrupt. This marked the end of an era for the airline industry in India, as Jet Airways had been one of the most recognized and respected carriers in the country. The downfall of Jet Airways had a profound impact on India's aviation landscape, leading to a void in the market that other airlines rushed to fill. The government and industry stakeholders also took steps to address the challenges that contributed to Jet Airways' demise, including regular regulatory reforms and financial restructuring of other airlines. Now we move on to a recent bird strike in Amsterdam on an Air China cargo Boeing 747-400F. The aircraft registered Bravo 2476 arrived in Amsterdam Schiphol from Chengdu Shuangliu International Airport on July 30th and it was on its way to Shanghai Pudong Airport operating cargo service CA1040. The flight departed on the same day at 2.38pm. Once they reached an altitude of 7,000 feet, the crew reported the bird strike in engine number 3. 
They circled off the coast of the Netherlands to dump the excess fuel and then made an emergency landing on runway 27. In a recent development concerning Belgium's busiest airport, Brussels Zaventem International Airport, the International Air Transport Association, or IATA, has voiced its concern over proposed ban on night flights. The ban suggested by Belgium's federal transport minister, Georges Gilkinet, aims to limit flights between 11 o'clock and 6 a.m., citing noise reductions as the main objective. IATA has criticized the move, deeming it premature and contrary to international obligations under the balanced approach to noise management. This approach, IATA argues, suggests that the airport curfews should only be a last resort after considering other noise mitigation strategies. The impact of the ban would not only restrict nighttime operations for arriving and departing planes, but also affect Belgium's economy. The country is a significant exporter of time-sensitive pharmaceuticals, heavily reliant on well-regulated time and temperature-controlled operations. The ban could also affect the aircraft's modest commercial activities, including its growing number of long-haul African routes. Raphael Schwartzman, IATA's regional vice president for Europe, emphasized that the government should scrap the proposal and engage in meaningful consultation with stakeholders. He expressed concern that the proposed ban disregards the successful international process for managing airport noise impacts. The ban, if approved, would also limit aircraft types and their functions during the day, affecting major models like the Airbus A320, A330, and the Boeing 737, 747, and 767. Although the proposal must gain approval from the rest of the Belgian government and its coalition partners, there is possibility that even if implemented, it could be challenged in the High Court. This has been seen in the case of Amsterdam Schiphol Airport, which successfully contested restrictions on its operations. IATA has also pointed out that the proposal overlooks Belgium's bilateral air agreements, potentially leading to negative consequences on employment, connectivity, exports, and the economy. The international aviation industry, represented by IATA, has called on Belgium to abandon the proposed night flight ban and instead adopt a balanced approach that aligns with bilateral air service agreements and the European Union law. The association argues that the ban could hurt air connectivity and negatively impact the Belgian economy. Brussels Airlines CEO Dorothea van Boxberg agrees that a more measured approach is needed. She suggests focusing on incremental noise reduction goals while investing in quieter and more efficient fuel, fuel efficient aircraft. Lastly, let's transition to what could possibly be the most intriguing topic of today's episode. Air Corio, the North Korean airline, might be restarting international flights. Before I dive into details about what happened recently, let's take a deeper look into the North Korean flag carrier. Established in 1950, Air Corio began as a domestic airline with Soviet assistance. Over the years, it expanded its operations to the international destinations, becoming a significant player in the North Korean aviation landscape. The airline's fleet has seen various aircraft models, including Soviet-made planes like the Tupolev Tu-154 and the Illusion IL-62, reflecting its historical ties with the USSR. In more recent years, Air Korea has introduced modernized aircraft like the Tupolev Tu-204, improving its passenger experience. Throughout its history, Air Korea has connected North Korea to destinations such as Beijing, Moscow, and Vladivostok. These routes have not only facilitated diplomatic and business connections, but also provided a glimpse into North Korea's isolated society. However, Air Korea's operations have been significantly impacted by international sanctions imposed on North Korea, 
These sanctions have restricted the airline's ability to acquire new aircrafts and parts, hampering its fleet modernization. As a result, maintaining safety standards and operational efficiency has become an ongoing challenge for the airline. The airline's international reputation has also suffered due to concerns about the North Korean regime, human rights abuses, and nuclear program. This has led to a decreased demand for flights to North Korea, impacting Air Koryo's passenger numbers and revenue directly. Despite these challenges, Air Koryo has managed to maintain its operations, albeit with limitations. The airline has adapted by focusing on unique off- offerings such as its aviation enthusiast flights that provide rare opportunities to fly on vintage and Soviet aircraft, attracting a niche market of aviation enthusiasts. While the rest of the world seems to be opening up once again from the pandemic, North Korea has remained shuttered up till now. But recent developments have suggested that the country, and hence its airline, will once again be open for international travel. This past July, Pyongyang Sunan International Airport opened its runways to international flights for the first time in three years, inviting Russian and Chinese diplomats for a parade. The flights were operated by Air China and the Russian Air Force. The diplomats did not need to quarantine for six weeks upon arrival, or quarantine at all for that matter. This was new since the country had this policy in place since the start of the pandemic. According to Global Times, many Chinese travel agencies are listing North Korean tours on their websites. And earlier this year, the South China Morning Post stated that North Korea was all set up to resume flights around the summer season. There has also been a recent ramp up in the maintenance activity at Pyongyang Airport. On May 8th, Air Koryo's Soviet Tupolev Tu-134s and Tu-154s were spotted in the maintenance area. Additionally, 10 days later, the carrier's Tupolev Tu-204s were spotted in the same maintenance area going under servicing. While international flights in and out of North Korea are yet to be resumed, there has been an increase in flights between Pyongyang FNJ and Haumhung DSO. The several other, and several other air flights have been spotted as well. These scattered bits and pieces ignite hope that the secluded country may open its borders and runways again. I think that's all the time we have for today's podcast. I hope you enjoyed the episode and thanks for listening. Until next time.